Your attention, please. <laughs> the Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. All right, Brad, I am so sorry to do this, and I promise you I'm not kidding around, but I do have a little bit of dining plan news to wait, discuss. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I I signed on to to the podcast tonight because we were talking. Sh- it, does Shanghai have a dining plan? Um, you know what? I don't really know, but that's not the news that, I have. That's not what we're so 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 we we discussed that we were going to talk about Shanghai, and you're going to bring up <laughs> dining plan. Really? I promise. I promise to you, Brad, and to all of our listeners, this will be quick, and it will be positive, and we'll just get it out of the way up front. Uh huh. Quick. That's what we all go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> 2017, uh, Disney is changing the standard regular old dining plan that used to be one table service with a entree, a drink, and a dessert, a quick service with an entree, a drink, and a dessert, and then one snack. So what they're doing in 2017... And a rapid, rapid refill mug. Yes, and a rapid refill mug. So what they're doing in 2017 instead is your table service is going to stay the same. You will get your entree item, your dessert item, and a drink. But for your quick service, they are removing the dessert from the quick service meal and making it a second snack credit. So now you'll get a quick service entree item and a drink, but you'll have two snack credits a day instead of just one. And I think that this is a wonderful thing because quick service desserts are usually not great, and an extra snack credit is good, if for nothing else, an extra bottle of water every day. Yeah, so I think that in the past when I've done dining plan, uh, you know, and we've discussed this before, that I've had trouble using up all of my snacks, but I would definitely appreciate a second snack credit as opposed to the dessert, because there are some, again, uh, you know, Sunshine Seasons, there are some really good quick service mm-hmm. desserts, but they're not all. Too way uh, far too many of them are. Here is the you know the what is it the chocolate cake or the carrot cake in the little yep. container. Yep. And if I'm eating my you know like we usually did quick service or we and usually do quick service at lunch. And if I'm eating lunch and I'm about to go back out in the parks, I don't want a dessert too. So that's awesome. I'm right. I'm yeah. So excited they did that. I do quick service for lunch pretty much exclusively, and it just makes lunch too heavy, you know? And the the issue with the dining plan, one of them is you feel obligated to get a dessert. Otherwise, you're literally just wasting it. Yeah, yeah, you're you're talking yourself out of money. So, yeah, well, congratulations to Disney for making a, a very good choice there. I, I right. like that. Yeah, I think it's good. So that's it. That's all the dining plan news. Let's move on to Shanghai Disneyland. Okay, so Shanghai's dining plan. <laughs> is that is that not what we're... To, I mean, I just assume that's what we're discussing since that's... No, not Shanghai's dining plan. Okay. Shanghai's opening. The the opening gala? Yes. Or uh, opening... Cellar, or, I don't know. So I saw like a couple of different ways that this was announced, right? The you mean the opening special thing? Yeah, yeah. Because well, because like on YouTube it was the opening gala, and then there was another video that was the opening celebration. And now I watched this on YouTube, and you watched this on the Disney I watched channel? this on the Disney Channel. Okay, because see, I'm lazy, so I watch it on YouTube. Well, 
So Disney Channel, well, okay, first of all, I expected this to be a little bit of like fun at the castle type stuff and then kind of like a guided tour around the park and to show what it was. But what the special ended up being was 35 minutes of music and singing in front of Storybook Castle. And that was it. And it was kind of disappointing. Um, I mean, it was beautiful and didn't, it didn't read theme park opening to me as much as it did like theater under the stars. Kind well, of. And, and I think so. So initially I was I was kind of disappointed as well. But I think, again, it what it came down to was what I was expecting, which was right. introducing me, the viewer, to the theme right. park. Yeah, and yeah. what Disney was presenting was here is the opening celebration of our theme park. We're not doing an opening celebration in each of the in each of the lands. We're doing something at Storybook right. Castle, and we're going to let you get to see what we're doing. And that was a VIP invite only event. Oh, well, that that doesn't surprise me because yeah. But wow, I mean, so I was disappointed initially um, because I wanted to see all the lands and everything, but. But once I got beyond that, I really enjoyed that opening ceremony. What did you enjoy so much about I it? I love the music, man. The music was great. And and like the just the especially there at the beginning, the the pageantry, like the the people climbing up on the 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 gate in front of the castle and then the projection onto that and then the projection on the castle and just the the mixture of the like I want the soundtrack to that. So, did you have a commentary by someone in the in the YouTube feed of that? No, no. Which means that I did not. I, I mean, there. I feel like most of it was, you know, it was in Chinese, and then followed by, you know, a, a English speaker. You know that, like when they introduced Bob Iger, and then Bob, of course, spoke English, and then the mo- rest of it was pretty much music. So I. I mean, why would I need one of those? So Disney Channel had, they had a little graphic that was kind of Tinkerbell uh, flying around and then she would make a loop in a square, like picture-in-picture box would show up in the corner. Uh And I don't remember uh, her name, but it was one of the Disney Channel kind of stars. Uh, And she she would break in and describe literally what was happening on the stage. Like, they're singing. Uh, look, there's someone running in. Look at the fireworks. The projections on the castle are so beautiful. Like, she was saying these things. And I think that had I seen it on YouTube, I might have been able to enjoy it a little bit more. But man, she was irritating me with her totally obvious uh, commentary and narration of what was going on. Okay, so you need to you need to go back and... and- the YouTube link, I mean, I think we tweeted it out, uh, then Disney shortened it, and so there are plenty of opportunities to see this thing on YouTube, and you just need to go watch it on YouTube without whatever that was. I do. It was it was obnoxious. It was Be- not good. Well, and that's, I mean, I think you you have to you have to be enveloped in the moment in order to fully appreciate that sort of thing, I think. Right. And well, if you had... She was, she was talking over a lot of the music, so when you say you love the music... A lot of the music was being talked over. Oh yeah, yeah. You had it ruined then. You, you're going to have to go back and watch it on YouTube without yeah. the without whatever that was. So anyway, minus that though, I I thought it was really enjoyable. 
because I enjoyed the music and everything. And here's the thing. After I, again, after I got over the whole, they're not going to show me the parks, I realized there are 400 million. Uh, yeah, not exactly. But there are a lot of ride videos, walkthroughs, right. random people, like all over YouTube. So have you have you kind of taken a virtual tour of of Shanghai? I have. I'm definitely not well versed, but I did want to. I did want to at least get you know enough down that I felt like we could talk about it. So in let me broad let me ask terms. you, what is your favorite thing? Wow, I ugh. I think I think tr- I because I okay, so I'm torn between either pirates or the Tron coaster. Okay. But for ent- we, for entirely go. different things, I think. <laughs> you know what I you, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like those are those are not the same attraction by any stretch. So what what is it for you then? My favorite is um so basically they have and it's an interesting name change, but they have soaring over the horizon with a G. Right. Um and I I have not watched any ride videos on it. I don't know anything about the music or anything, but which is the uh, should actually be per- more or less the same as the other two, right? Okay, I I don't know from I from everything know. I've heard, like all the video. Well, and we talked about this before that the, all the video was the same except for like the last scene, which takes place at whichever park you're watching it at. Gotcha. Okay. Well, but this is soaring over the horizon, and the others are soaring around the world. Now, I think it's I, I I've seen the video because uh, uh-huh. I did watch a ride video of that, and to me, it looks like the art what I saw appeared to be the same video that I've seen of videos from uh, Epcot as well. Okay. So that, that attraction, while I don't know anything about it, it is housed inside of a mountain with a huge waterfall flowing over the top. And it is beautiful. Just the outside of soaring over the horizon is gorgeous and the fact that they have this thing inside of a huge mountain kind of the way that uh seven dwarfs mine train is disguised as a a hill Um, right soaring over the horizon is just gorgeous and that is such a big set piece in that park um the big mountain with the waterfall that i I, that is my favorite thing about shanghai well have you seen so you said you haven't seen a ride video have you seen any videos of the queue no no i haven't oh my gosh man yeah because the queue is um just so beautifully themed you know i i was actually so i was watching a video uh with with my wife nancy and uh we were watching it and i'm like you know i don't know that this theming would work at all in uh epcot or or for that matter in dca but it but it fits perfectly with where they put it in uh in shanghai and just the just the 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 queue is well themed, but then you get into a part of the queue where, like, the roof is the Milky Way. Oh wow! Yeah, so there's so you've got the stars, and then the you know, just the it's it's awesome looking. Yeah, I'm still I don't, I don't know. There's a part of my brain that's saying don't spoil anything just in case by some magical you know uh, uh, fortune you get to go and experience Shanghai Disneyland, but. Pretty soon I'll get to the point where I'll be probably watching all the ride videos and everything. Just right now it feels uh it feels too too bad, I guess. Well, and and you know, I I actually was uh I actually was thinking about this the other day. Like I like ride videos. I I so appreciate everybody who takes the time 
to put these things up on the web so that people like us who don't get the opportunity to go, uh, at least immediately, because I'm still holding out hope that at some point I'm going to be able to go and do Shanghai Disney. Uh, but we can we can experience this and forced myself to go and watch those because I, I knew that we were going to talk about it and I wanted to at least have some background as to what was going on. But at the same time, like another part of me hates ride videos and, and only because only because so much of so much of a Disney attraction is involved in the immersiveness of being there, of being in the queue of of taking in everything that's going on around you. That's uh, yeah. to me, what makes a Disney attraction, a Disney attraction. Right. Right. And a, you know, so much of that just gets lost when you're watching a video. So I love ride videos. If I have experienced the attraction already, if yes. I haven't done it, I find that I don't, I, I don't like them very much. Yeah. So, and, and that's, and I think that's the thing is that some of it gets lost in, in, in translation. Uh, that being the translation of a ride video to the actual ride experience. But, you know, that being said, uh, again, I think the, I think the queue for, uh, for soaring over the horizon looks really, really good. Um, and then, like I said, with pirates, it's just like sitting, sitting down and watching the, the, the stuff at Shanghai, what, what I started realizing was even with even with something like Pirates where it's something that exists in other Disney parks, I appreciate that with Pirates, they took it in a similar but at the same time unique direction that's unique enough that I want to go and experience that attraction. So I have not been able to avoid um at least hearing that Pirates of the Caribbean is incredible and over the top and wonderful and one of the best things there. So well, and, and, and now to, what's interesting to me, and, and, and this takes, and I think this takes place a lot in Shanghai because a lot of the different attractions involve this to some extent, is it's not all audio animatronics anymore. It does involve screens. It does involve... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It does involve projection. But, you know, and again, sitting down talking with Nancy as we were watching these, you know, I was forcing her to watch these videos with me because, you know... I put them on the TV and she's sitting in the same room as me. So she's going to watch them. Uh, you know, we, we started talking about, you know, well, is, are the screens a bad thing? Are they just, and, it, and her point was, yeah, but the screens are okay because they're not being used. It's not only screens. It's still, you're on a ride. It's still lots of audio animatronics and physical stuff there. And the screens are being used to do things that you can't really do either in the space provided or more importantly with just audio animatronics. So are the screens they're supplemental to the the experience? Correct. Okay. Correct. There there's there's like I, I I'm trying to think. I feel like there were like two sections where it was pretty much all screens, but it involved you like going underwater and then you coming back out of underwater and, and was really, really good looking effects. But the thing is, while there are nods to the other pirates attractions, it is not the same attraction. And that like, I like that. I like that they went and they made something that is still, again, it's still definitely pirates of the Caribbean, like in the overarching theme of it. But it it takes different aspects, so it doesn't feel like you just got a clone of Walt Disney World or Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean, because now the thing is for for me, 
again, that just makes me want to go to Shanghai all the more because I'm like, I need to experience that Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. The way that uh, what the Tower of Terror in Tokyo yes. does. Yeah, yeah. Except I would I would argue this is even more different than the tower, uh, the tower experiences because really? yeah because it, it's different. But I I don't know. I think because it feels like it feels like it tells a slightly different story to me. I it doesn't because it's still Pirates of the Caribbean. But I guess just the aspects of the story that are being shown. Yeah, it it just feels it feels way different. So hmm. well, like that's said, interesting. I, I like I like the looks of that. Um. And then, of course, the Tron coaster, um, whatever the official name for that is. Tron Light Cycle Power Run. That just looks incredible. And, you know, initially I was, and it's funny because I talk about that I, I'm excited that they're not just throwing in the same attractions, but some part of me was like, they're going to do a Disneyland and they're going to have a Tomorrowland and they're not going to have a Space Mountain in it. Right. Like, how is that going to work? But I, I think that that I think that Tron coaster uh, gives a really, really good anchor to that side of the park that would norm that anchor would normally be Space Mountain. I was about to say it is certainly a more visually stunning anchor to that side of the park than Space Mountain is. And I love Space Mountain aesthetically, but man, especially at night. Yes, that's, yeah, that's, that's one thing that's been lit like, up and everything. Oh, the whole all of Tomorrowland just changes. It doesn't even look the same. Oh, it's tomorrow, amazing. Tomorrowland is just beautiful, yeah. beautiful over there. It's crazy. So yeah, and and just you know having that 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 indoor outdoor coaster and getting to do the you know where you're riding on the you know the motorcycle car and everything ah that just looks. That looks exciting to me. So uh, Tron Light Cycle Power Run has free um, lockers for you to put your stuff in. Uh, and then it has a special little compartment for your cell phone on the light cycle, which means that you're sitting in such a way that your cell phone could fall out of your pocket, which, you know, is fine. But are there any other Disney attractions that provide a free locker to put your stuff? Because I can only remember being on, you know, coasters and stuff that have the little bag yeah attached to the seat in front yeah of i don't think i've ever seen I, I mean now there have been some other parks that i've been to where they've offered stuff like that but right i can't think of anywhere else at, with disney where that's ever been a thing and i no, like that i know a lot yeah i know a lot of universal uh attractions have lockers and well, I, I was think thinking even like six flags used to do that mm-hmm um i i, I think they make you pay for them too i, I know universal does um uh, like think it, they like at each attraction I think they may be free for like 20 or 30 minutes or something, but yeah, they make you pay for them. Well, and are these, are these like lockers at like the entrance to the attraction or are these like, because I feel like the ones that I saw at like six flags or something were like, as you were getting on the ride, here's a locker off to the side, go put your stuff in. And then as soon as you get off the ride, you go get it out again. Yeah. I'm not sure. I know that they are Tron light cycle power run specific, but I don't know okay. um, if they're at the, at the entrance or before you get on the ride. I would assume how Disney builds queues and stuff that it would be at the entrance before you actually get into the themed area. It'd be hard to it'd be hard to wrap themed lockers in. Not the top attraction, but but strangely something that excites me way or or makes me want to go way more than I thought it would. Their voyage to the Crystal Grotto. 
Yeah, what is that? I just heard about that tonight. So for that's the a, first time. So that's a it's a it's a it's a boat attraction. So the so the boat kind of reminds me of Jungle Cruise. I mean, totally different boat, but in that it's a it's a boat. There's somebody in the front. Uh, it's got a hard top to it, but it still has like the netting on the side and everything. Uh huh. And essentially, you're just you you ride past uh, different scenes from different Disney movies. So there's like a scene from Beauty and the Beast, a scene from uh, Aladdin, a scene from The Little Mermaid, a scene from Fantasia. It's like one of the old dark ride sort of a thing, but it's outdoors and you're in the boat. But but it it makes really good use of the water. And what one thing that I liked about it is as opposed to a lot of the older attractions where like think about it's a small world, right? Uh-huh. Where you have movement going on to the different scenes, but the movement is just happening. These have movement and they also they also involve water in a lot of ways with like jets shooting up and and like little water uh dancing around and stuff, but it's actually time to the music that goes with that scene and that music being part of the uh that actual uh Disney film. So is there any kind of narrative? To the to the ride, or is it just a kind of a dark ride thing where you're just going between different? It, it's just it areas. just goes from scene to scene. Huh? Yeah. The way the narrative is, if the narrative, if you want to call it that, would be that the music changes, and that's how you know what scene you're in. You know, until of course you can actually see it, and then of course, huh. hopefully, you'll know what scene you're in. But it was it's it on it's really such a simple thing, but it looked really cool, and it looked like something I'd like to go and do, and then of course. Uh, you go underneath uh, Storybook Castle, and well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, like a like a door opens up, and then you go into the Crystal Grotto, which again they're they're making use of. Now I don't know if it's actually I don't think it's actually screens there. I think it's uh, projection onto you know fake rocks and stuff that they've built to build this grotto underneath mm-hmm. Storybook Ca- or Enchanted Storybook Castle, whatever. Uh, but so you power got- run. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> not, not, not Tron power run, uh, but you know, so, so you've got Tinkerbell who flies across and then there are just, and then all of these scenes are recreated again on the rocks, but in like this gym fashion and everything. And there are crystals down. It's, it's just really cool looking to me. Huh? That sounds a lot. The projection sounds a lot like, uh, the seven dwarfs mine train in Disney world. Uh, maybe so. Like you remember the so dope. Dopey has uh, diamonds in his eyes. I think on that. Right, right. But and no, no. Like, the... This is the entire wall is being oh, projected. Oh, okay, okay. No, no. This isn't you. just some little crystal that they're like the walls on both sides of the boat are are changing into the different scenes and Tinkerbell's flying across and there's you know pixie dust flashing everywhere and like I said, I'm. And and that's the thing is that's a that's something else that you can only go and do in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just well we've got a you know let's throw in a jungle cruise. It was that's let's create a, an attraction for Shanghai. These attractions and just the theming of the park and everything look really really good. And mm-hmm. I I want to I've seen the videos. I have made it through them, and now I actually want to make it through it myself. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah, and I I think it'll be not too much longer before I am 
fully uh familiar with this park and all of its attractions via youtube so yeah yeah you're gonna you're gonna watch the video <laughs> so so does that mean you also haven't seen the uh the audio animatronic for roaring rapids no i have not seen anything oh dude that that thing is that thing that thing looks like what i want the yeti to look like <laughs> okay i'll keep that in mind let me put it well because it's it, it moves it moves it actually oh, sw- good it swipes at things oh cool so for now so hey hey Hey. Well, we'll see. We'll see how good because Tokyo is the Oriental Land Company, right? And yes. Hong Kong is as well. Uh, I don't know. Is Hong Kong OLC? I, I think so, but I don't know for sure. And then this is Shanghai Shindy, which is a a one hundred percent government owned thing. So I guess we'll see how committed the Chinese government is to keeping all this stuff up and running. I I have, like I said, I have nothing but high hopes for them right now. So, <laughs> but I think that'll do it for this week's episode. You can follow us on Twitter at MTM Podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MTM Podcast. And you can visit us on the web at missingthemouse.co. Uh, head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It really helps out uh, with getting more people to listen and, and kind of helping the show grow. So, if you could do that, that'd be great. Uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, have a magical day. Mm-hmm.